0: The face to the people, that's the uplift. Prosperity ain't grow. We can discuss this. Spread the love, cause I believe in family unity and equal justice and equal opportunity. Let's make it great again, fulfill a happy vacancy. It costs you nothing, give you knowledge. here, this is free. Us together talking about it, that's the key. Bring the truth, bare facts, that's just me. Ain't gonna stop me for talking about oh, it. We're character character we about, about respect, stop talking building about a community, the idea is for us for to help each other each build and grow. Peace and blessings, family. Welcome to the Bear Facts, life lessons with the sugar bear, where the goal is to motivate and inspire. Thank you for lending me your ear for a few brief moments. My plan is to not waste your time, but to leave you with something to think about and talk about beyond this podcast. I'm very angry. And my heart is heavy. There was a mass shooting in Georgia this week. Three separate locations. Eight people murdered. The motivation, according to Cherokee County Sheriff's Captain Jay Baker, was this hate-filled 21-year-old punk Robert Aaron Long was having a bad day. Having a bad day. When I heard the captain trying to explain away the slaughter of these eight human beings so nonchalantly, it made my blood boil. It's taking every ounce of my being right now to maintain my cool to proceed with this podcast because there are some things that need to be addressed. Having a bad day? We all have bad days in our lives, but we don't go on a murdering spree. That's why that defense and comment is so condescending. It is a language of superiority and it was intentional in its purpose. This spokes clown, Captain Baker, went on to throw more hateful rhetoric at the innocent victims by stating the executioner has a sex addiction. And he sees these locations as something that allows him to go to these places and it's a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. This is hate rhetoric at its core, because it dehumanizes and minimizes the lives of those people to being objects worthy of elimination. You can't make this up. Hear this twisted logic from Captain Baker for yourself. The suspect did uh, take responsibility for the shootings. Um, he uh, said that early on, once we began the interviews with him. Um, he claims that these, and as the chief said, we, this is still early, but he does claim that it was not racially motivated. He apparently has an issue, uh, what he considers a, a, a sex fiction, and sees these locations as something that allows him to, uh, to, um, to go to these places. And, and it's a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. Um, that, that, like I said, it's still early on, but was, those were comments that he made. To top it off, there's a question regarding whether or not this was a hate crime white shooter with a sex addiction is having a bad day. He grabs his weapon, drives to three separate locations in Georgia that happen to be spas, slaughters eight innocent human beings, six of them being of Asian descent, and he is then on his way to Florida to continue his killing spree. Let that sink in. A bad day? It's ludicrous that we're expected to believe this has nothing to do with race and it's not a hate crime. This is such a slimy, underhanded defense, well thought out by white supremacists in an effort to gain sympathy, not from any of us who have been marginalized by these hate mongers, but from those white people who have compassion for other white people with mental illness. It's a strategy as old as racism itself. It relies on the notion that white people are incapable of killing folks out of hate. When they do, it's because their mental capacity is limited, and if it's a non-white person, the victim somehow deserved it. In this case, these Asian women were objectified as playthings and fantasized as sex objects to be discarded. From the America that I live in, this is not just some contrived idea that has no merit. Take a look at history. We don't even have to dig that far. August 25th, 2020, a 17-year-old white male, Kyle Rittenhouse, armed with the AR-15, traveled from his home in Antioch, Illinois, to Kenosha, Wisconsin, in an effort to assist the Kenosha Guard, a militia group formed to take up arms and defend Kenosha. At the time, there were protests over the police shooting of a black man, Jacob Blake. The Kenosha Guard, a white militia group, was there to protect the city from the protesters who were outraged by the police shooting of a black man. Rittenhouse wanted to support the militia, shot three people that day, killing two and seriously injuring the third. He is claiming self-defense. His trial was recently postponed to November 2021. June 17, 2015, a 21-year-old white male, Dylan Roof, unleashed his hatred on nine innocent black worshippers at Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in South Carolina. Roof confessed he did it because he wanted to start a race war. Roof claimed to have developed his white supremacist views after reading about the 2012 shooting of Trayvon Martin and black-on-white crime. Fortunately, Roof was eventually sentenced to death after being convicted on 33 federal crimes, including hate crimes, and received nine life sentences for his state crimes. These are two of thousands of incidents. Time doesn't allow for us to delve in deeper, but this white superiority rhetoric is not just an ugly stain on America. It's an ingrained ideology that America falls into as a nation. It manifests itself in housing, employment, schools, banking, law enforcement, politics, media, music. You live anywhere and do anything in America, and it's there. My heart bleeds for my Asian Pacific brothers and sisters. The recent attacks are unwarranted, and now this killing is dismissed as a bad day makes me want to scream. I've got to ask the white people within the sound of my voice that see yourselves as allies to do something. Truly examine what that being an ally looks like. I also encourage you to take a stronger stand and consider becoming more of an accomplice in this fight against hate. Why? Because all accomplices are allies, but not all allies are accomplices. All accomplices are allies, but not all allies are accomplices. While an ally is willing to stand in support of a marginalized voice, risk is rarely involved. An accomplice uses the power and privilege they have to challenge the status quo, often risking their physical and social well-being in the process. One more time. All accomplices are allies, but not all allies are accomplices. While an ally is willing to stand in support of a marginalized voice, risk is rarely involved. An accomplice uses the power and privilege they have to challenge the status quo, often risking their physical and social well-being in the process. Y'all didn't know there was levels to this. The anti-racism and social justice fight requires a multi-level approach. And the more you level up, the harder it gets. Imagine being the victims or the family of the victims or even the friends of the victims. You would want people to level up and become an accomplice for you, wouldn't you? Questions, comments on this episode, hit me up, barefacts007 at yahoo.com or the Bare Facebook page. Until the next episode, keep a smile on your face, peace in your heart, and a sugar bear on your mind. Remember, dare to blaze your own path? It's so much fun. Peace.